You're listening to The Road Not Taken Podcast, upstate New York's number one home for thoughtful, accurate commentary on news, sports, politics, and other topics. Episode 4. Hello, and welcome to The Road Not Taken Podcast. This is going to be a relatively short episode. We have a podcast appearance with a guest in the works, so I'm just giving you guys this episode uh, to hold you over until that one, and also because there's been some pretty interesting political news over the last week. So today, Michael Cohen, former Trump lawyer and alleged fixer for President Trump, testified in front of Congress. He made several claims, many of which bordered on character assassination, but among other things, he accused President Trump of knowing that WikiLeaks was going to post the DNC emails that they had acquired uh, and then essentially leak them in an effort to damage Hillary Clinton's campaign. He also testified that President Trump had over 500 times threatened him and told him to threaten people on President Trump's behalf. And he generally threw as much as he could at President Trump in order to see what would stick. Republicans and Democrats are divided on Cohen's veracity and the credibility of his testimony, with Republicans attacking Michael Cohen, saying essentially that he is a bad person who has flipped before and ought not to be taken seriously right now. While Democrats have lauded his testimony, pointed out that you know, he's essentially coming clean here. He'd previously been pro-Trump and now is actually telling the truth. I'm not going to try to convince you about whether his testimony is credible or not. Suffice it to say that Michael Cohen has a sketchy track record, but at the same time, we shouldn't discount his credibility and his testimony entirely because of his past statements. It is an interesting thing to see Republicans and Democrats switching their tunes on President Trump uh, you know, because of Michael Cohen's testimony, um, or actually, let me rephrase that, to flip their opinion of Michael Cohen based on what they want to happen to Donald Trump. We saw this happen recently with former FBI Director James Comey, where Republicans and Democrats decided to change their opinion on that person based on whether or not that person was helping them out politically. We saw the Democrats attack Michael Cohen uh, slander him as somebody who is nothing more than a, a legal strongman for President Trump, and we saw Republicans praising the man and insisting that he was telling the truth. That is all flipped now. Uh, there are some people on both sides that have retained their intellectual honesty, but for the most part, people are just going to try to fit things into their narrative. If a Republican, you are in defend Trump mode. If you're a Democrat, you're in the resistance and whatever you need to say, whoever you need to accuse or prop up in order to have your personal uh, political narrative advanced, whatever you have to do to have that happen is what you're going to say. So what we've seen recently, uh, especially at these hearings, is a lot of grandstanding from senators that are both Republicans and Democrats. You've seen Republicans attack Michael Cohen, call him untrustworthy, call him disreputable, call him dishonest, call him a liar. And you've seen Democrats praise the man for his bravery and for his testimony in front of Congress today. Michael Cohen himself uh, seemed a little bit snippety with some of his questioners, mainly the Republicans, given that he's now testifying against their president. 
Um, he said to Representative Jim Jordan, shame on you at one point, which, to be honest, is not something that you want to say to a U.S. congressperson who is questioning you under oath in front of Congress, or at least I believe it is under oath. Uh, if that's not the case, then uh, somebody who's listening can correct me. And uh, he also, at one point, asked when a Republican was attacking his credibility if he was speaking about Cohen himself or about the president, uh, which was Cohen's way of saying, oh, well, you know, are you talking about the president or me with all those bad things you're saying? Which I actually thought was pretty funny. Um, but it's not something that you want your star witness, if you're a Democrat, to be saying uh, because it doesn't reflect well on Michael Cohen. Uh, it, does, it doesn't necessarily make his testimony less credible, but it makes it less likely for the American public to view him in a positive manner. So Michael Cohen's testimony has not yet been corroborated by outside sources. It has not yet been confirmed or backed up with actual evidence that will bring down President Trump, but it could be a piece of the puzzle in a larger narrative and a larger attack on President Trump as you know Robert Mueller concludes his investigation as presumably other people who have dirt on President Trump will come out and speak about it. We have yet to see how this information will be used, whether or not it will do long-lasting damage to President Trump. We've seen a lot of things in the past that people have thought would take down President Trump, and in fact, it's, you know everything's blown over. Uh, you know, President Trump is like an impenetrable shield no matter what you throw at him. He never dents, he never gets hurt. And uh, until he actually gets taken down, I find it hard to believe that he will actually be taken down. Uh, if, in fact, Mueller's testimony ends up being pivotal and, you know, shaping the course of Trump's re-election bid and his current standing in office, then I will stand completely corrected. But until that point, uh, President Trump is like the New England Patriots. You don't bet against them until you've seen them fail before. So in our next bit of political news, Republican Mark Harris has decided not to run in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District's recall election. Now, the reason that North Carolina is having a recall election in the first place is because of Mark Harris. After he had won a very closely contested race between him and his Democratic opponent, it came to light that he had, in fact, hired someone to go around and collect ballots. This is illegal in North Carolina. The rationale behind this law is if you're hiring partisan political operatives to go collect absentee ballots, that increases the chances of election fraud. It increases the chances that your political operative won't go to heavily Democratic neighborhoods. They won't pick up the ballots of known Democrats. You want the people who are voting absentee to actually mail it in themselves. Uh, you don't want politicians in the way uh, handling that kind of thing. So Mark Harris uh, has done a disservice to the Republican Party. He's not made the Republicans look good. In fact, he's made the Republicans look very bad. And it is a good thing for the Democratic Party that this came out because they have political ammunition to throw against the Republicans. And it is good for the Republican Party that he has decided not to run for re-election because he would have most certainly been defeated in this recall after his credibility and his reputation were shot to pieces. Now, in my personal opinion, Mark Harris was right to step down. Mark Harris should be disqualified because of what he did. If you are a cheater, if you break the campaign uh, election rules, 
You should not be allowed to run. You should not be allowed to take your seat. It's the same thing uh, that, you know, the it's the same argument used against baseball players that use steroids. Even if you would have won anyway, even if you would have become a Hall of Famer, you cheated. And cheating disqualifies you regardless of your odds to win. It's not so much that uh, we in our electoral system and our set of electoral rules are aimed at just getting the person who's going to win. We also look for honesty and fairness and non-cheating members to represent the American people. And if you can't even run and win an election without cheating, then you don't deserve to be a representative of the American people in the first place. So goodbye and good riddance to Mark Harris. And hopefully for the Democratic Party, they will capitalize on this. Hopefully for the Republican Party, they'll find somebody with much higher moral character and they'll be able to run a strong campaign in this recall election. So we'll see how that turns out and we'll update you as to the results of that election when they come in. But it is interesting given that uh, Republicans have long faced accusations of being uh, proponents or at least advocators of election fraud. We've seen accusations of gerrymandering, of ballot tampering, of voting and polling place closing by Republicans in an effort to suppress voter turnout. And not all of those are accurate, to say the least. A lot of them are exaggerated or have legitimate explanations. But once Mark Harris has been caught with this, it's very easy to point to him. And it's good for the Republicans to exercise this person from their midst. So we'll keep you updated uh, on Mark Harris. And until then, we have yet another example of a political operative cheating, having a scandal, and in general doing a disservice to the American public. And in our last bit of political news, Beto O'Rourke has decided not to run for Senate in 2020. This is not at all surprising. Beto O'Rourke has had his eye on the presidency for quite a while, and running for Senate would have effectively taken him out of the running for president. If he'd run for Senate, uh, he would have probably been locked into the job, um, and it would have made it very hard for, A, him to, in good faith, tell the people that had elected him that he was deserting them in order to run for president, and B, to make a genuine appeal to the American people and say, look, I'm somebody of good character. If they, they said, well, you told the people that you ran, uh, you know, the people that voted for you, that you were going to serve them, and then all of a sudden you decided that you didn't want to do that anymore, so why should we believe that you're a good person who is serving the interests of the people as opposed to themselves now? So Beto O'Rourke has not actually declared that he'll be running for president. However, when he stated that he was not going to uh, seek the Senate nomination against Republican incumbent John Cornyn, he said that he had another announcement that he would be making in the near future about how he could serve the American people. And it seems very probable that what he's talking about is a run at the presidency. Um, at this point, everybody expects him to run for president, and him not running would be the bigger surprise. We'll have an update for you on uh, Beto O'Rourke's political chances. Uh, we haven't actually discussed most of the candidates uh, that will be running in the Democratic Party. So we will keep an eye on Beto O'Rourke, and pretty soon we'll give you a profile on him and describe his strengths and weaknesses, uh, his paths to victory in the Democratic Party, among other things. So stay tuned for that, 
and we will keep you updated on the ever-changing democratic political scene. So that just about wraps it up for this episode of the Road Not Taken podcast. Uh, Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is an abbreviated edition. Uh, Stay tuned in about a week or so. We'll be dropping another episode with a highly knowledgeable guest. And thank you guys for listening. As always, you can send your questions, comments, concerns, or contributions to plcap2020 at gmail.com. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, this has been the Road Not Taken Podcast.